Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have a topic that we're going to talk about today that is near and dear to my heart because the number one reason that I became an entrepreneur was I wanted freedom, time, and the ability to make more money. But most of the time, everybody that I'm talking to, including the way that I used to run my business, gets us stuck in the hustle and grind. And so we've got some awesome content in store for you guys today. And I see him entering the studio jumping off his white noble steed. He's hobbling a little bit today. I don't know what exactly is going on. Welcome the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. (laughs) Dude, what's up? I I felt like you were like a little bit off kilter here today. Yeah, I've just walked in with a bit of a limp today. I tell you what it is. It's the size of the bearded wonder that is screwed upon my face. (laughs) It's like slightly thicker on one side. I'm like, just swaying all over the place right now. It is it is magnificent, um, but also a little bit out of control. I saw that before the show started. I was like, what's happening over there? Like, is there something in the drinking water? <laughs> Have you not been able to make it to the barbershop? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm just playing around. I'm uh, just experimenting. It's kind of like um, I'm fighting against the thing. Last time I went to the barbers, they like shaved my beard. And I was like, whoa. I did not tell you to touch the beard. So now it's kind of like I'm fighting against what happened. It was the trauma. Yeah, no, that, that's not right. Um, you know, in fact, I think if, uh, if we need to have words with them on the air, you should, uh, you should let us know so we can deal with that. But that said, uh, we, have, um, we have a guest with us today, uh, a repeat guest, so much so I think she's starting to feel more like a guest host. Yes. And also uh, my, my partner in business, my partner in life, uh, welcome to the show, Yada Golden. Hey, <laughs> how up? are you today? I am a little crazy, but good. <laughs> a little crazy. Don't but act good. like you've got anything going on. Like, I know there's it's it's fine. I was just sitting here having my coffee, and I was like, let's let's talk to the just the tips guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so, so we have we have a, a specific agenda in mind today. Um, Yada and I are doing a, uh, an event, a workshop for people, a free workshop about how to detox from the hustle. And, um, you know, we're not going to get, be able to get in, into everything that we're going to talk about on the workshop, but the idea of hustling and grinding 24 seven has sort of become this badge of honor. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Right. In the entrepreneurial world, they're like, if you're not hustling and you're not grinding and you're not killing yourself and you're not losing sleep and alienating your loved ones and destroying your health, you're not doing it right. It's because you don't want it bad enough. You don't want it bad enough. I'm like, wait a second. What's the point? Yeah. If Shout out to Gary V. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, dude? Um, you know, but, but I mean, you, and, and, you know, I think he's got some great stuff to say, but, but he sort of has, created this persona that I think a lot of people are following in that, you know, 
I have to kill myself in order to grow my business. Yeah. Yeah. There absolutely has been that persona created. And I think, um, you know, just like with everything in life, I think that there are seasons, right? Like there's a time to hustle and grind. There's a time to like really will it into being. Um, I think the problem really comes when you're in the growth phase or you're in a scaling phase and you're still, it's, it's like, it's like the, the, the manifestation of what got you here won't get you there, right? It's like, okay, sure, you hustle and grind it to like get this thing started, but you've got something started now. And it's really time to take a look at what you're doing and what you're spending your time on and elevate out of the hustle and grind and replace yourself. You know, we were having a conversation this morning, James, where it's like, you don't just replace yourself with people. Like you've got to replace yourself with something that's a little bit more elegant than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, lo- I love what you said, because I'm, you know, there's definitely going to be people of all different stages listening to this show, right? And I think you're absolutely right. There is a time to hustle and get your head down and work hard, right? Like put in the time. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like if I look, if I look back at me, it was like, oh yeah, I think I had periods where I worked 24 hours a day at certain points, but to where we are today, like if I just apply what you're saying to myself, it's like, that's so counterproductive now. <laughs> like so incredible and i don't know if that's because i've got old or or what's happened but like well, you're also carrying would... around extra weight because of your bigger beard this is true <laughs> this is true so word has it there's at least two people stuck on the left cheek right now as i walk past them and gathered them in the beard right yeah. so like rent <laughs> yeah you should be charging rent it's not yeah, free real estate this is true yeah but yeah. like yeah like, what, what i was gonna get at is i if i did what i used to do then now I think I have to take like if I worked the same hours today, I have to take like the next two days off to recover from that like crazy hustle. So I think you're right. It's stages, isn't it? I think that's an interesting thing. Well, it's also I mean, it is stages, but it's I think it's also we get we get accustomed to doing things a certain way. Yes. And and we forget that there are other ways to do things. And the the danger becomes that we continue to focus on only doing the things that like need to be done and we're like all right i gotta keep working hard i gotta keep putting in more hours more time you know i think the i think the thing that's always been interesting to me is time time is the great equalizer Mm -hmm. right there are people who have more money there are people who have more energy there are people who have you know more resources different contacts different networks and all this other stuff bigger beards bigger beards People renting space inside their beards. Like the world is a fascinating place, (laughs) right? But the one thing everyone has in common is the number of hours that they have in the day. And you have people who are optimizing what they're doing during those hours. And then you just have people who I think are just mindlessly working as much as they can during those hours without taking a step back to say, how could I be more productive with the time that I have available? Mm. Which, which sort of leads me to, uh, you know, a thing that I talk about a lot with my, with my clients and our coaching programs is I think a lot of people have the, uh, the wrong idea of what productivity is. You know, a lot of people think productivity is just how much busyness do I have in my day? Like, Oh, I'm super productive. Well, okay, cool. Like defend that. Well, I had a giant to-do list today and I got through everything. So I had a super productive day. Okay. You were active, but how do we know you were productive? Production 
is what did I produce with the time that I spent, Mm. right? What was the output? And if I could get more output with the time that I'm spending, then I can be more productive. And people have an emphasis on activity and not productivity. And I think that's the first flaw that gets people sucked into this hustle and grind thing. They're just as as long as I'm, as long as I'm productive, which they mistake as being active, like I must be doing the right things. And that's entirely not the case. Well, and I I think to kind of piggyback on that, when you are in that, that it's the day-to-day of a business, right? It's like checking tasks off the list and like doing, doing, going, going, and like the glorification of busy. It's often really difficult or it can seem really difficult to hand something off because you're just like, well, that's the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, or that's the thing that I only know how to do, or the process for that is only in my head. And we, we believe that it'll take us longer to sit and teach or to sit and write out the process than it would do, than it would take us to just do the thing. And so it's this, yeah. it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where you're just like, I'm the only one who can do it. And it's like, no, that's not actually true. And when you're able to actually hand that off or delegate it, you can actually kind of elevate yourself out of that day to day and say, all right, let me look at the big picture. Now that I know those things that still need to get done are getting done um, in a, in an effective way. Yeah, no, I I, love, I think you're absolutely right in the sense, like, because I've, the amount of times I've said that and thought that, it's like, it's just faster for me to get this done. Yeah. You know, it's just quick, it's just quicker for me to do it. And I think, I think even I would go as far back. I remember years and years ago before I had any actual employee, like the first thing was like, oh, everyone talks about having a virtual assistant. I should do that. That, that sounds fun. So, but like, I didn't realize that, oh, there's going to have to be more, more work involved. I thought, no, like I just start paying a virtual assistant and now my life gets easier. So I had a really bad experience of my first ever time of trying to hand things off because like it actually felt like I put myself under more pressure and more stress because that because I didn't really know what I was doing properly to hand things over. So now that person was almost chasing me to give them the stuff that was it just now got into a mess. Do you see what I mean? So like my first experience of trying to do it cemented in my mind the fact that it is far, not just easier, like far easier to get it done on my own. And yeah. I stayed in that trap for a long time, admittedly, to be fair. Well, I think I, I know I, I've been there. I don't know any entrepreneur. I know zero entrepreneurs who did not experience that at some point. Yeah. And, and I know plenty who are still experiencing it. <laughs> even though they have years and years of operating their business under their belt and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, right? There is a systematic way to figuring out what needs to be done, handing it off to the right people, finding the right people, building the right systems and all that other stuff. But that's not the stuff that most people are thinking about when they start their business, right? Most people are thinking about, okay, what's my idea? Right. I got a product. I have a service. I have something that I want to help people with. Like, let's run with that. Okay. Cool. Oh my God. Thank God we're making money. Thank God we're bringing in customers. Oh, it wait works. a second. <laughs> Holy shit. There's more work now than ever because we started getting stuff done. Well, the thing about that is that there's more work than ever, but it's not the work that you anticipated. Right. Like, I, I love to tell people, like, whenever we make a decision, there are intended and unintended consequences. The intended consequences of building a business is that you're going to make money, you're going to serve people, you're going to get to do what you love in the world. The unintended ones is that you're going to run a team, you're going to have customer support stuff, you're going to need, like, to look at your finances, like, all these things. And you're just like, oh, like, I don't yeah. want to think about those. I just want to do more of this. And I think that's another trap that entrepreneurs get stuck in where they're like, 
I'm going to totally ignore all the things that I don't like and I'm going to pretend like they don't exist. And I'm just going to sell and market my tail off because the more money I make, like the more money I can throw at this other thing. And it's like, yeah, you can throw money at it and you can get heartbeats right in the door that will like help you. But are they really helping you if you haven't taken the time to train them and teach them your processes and bring them up to speed with your culture and who you are and your mission and your vision and all of these other things that we don't really count on when we start our businesses? Yeah. And I, and I think, I think to be fair, you know, because I've, I've been in that position. I remember the, the feeling of overwhelm and, and make no mistake about it. Every, no matter how successful you are, every time you're striving for that next level of growth, you got to kind of recalibrate and these things happen again. You know, one of the things I I tell a lot of people is new levels, new devils, right? We're going to encounter a new level. Oh, there's a new devil for us. Right. But but the one devil that remains the same is you have to continue to build systems that support the growth of your business. Because if the growth of your business is solely dependent on you or mostly dependent on you, you don't really have a business. You have a glorified job, which is okay yes. if that's what you want. But I don't know many entrepreneurs who are like, I got into this because I wanted a glorified job. <laughs> Like in a, like you know, the total opposite of what most people wanted. Yeah, because most people are like, ah, oh, like I wanted freedom, and like I got the opposite of this. And the and and it it's uh and it's there's a there's a process to follow, right? There's exercises to go through, ways to think about this. Like you have to, you have to first and foremost start thinking like a CEO instead of thinking like an employee, mm-hmm. and right. making making intelligent decisions at a high level, and um and it's that's not always obvious how you how you do that or what needs to be done. And so I think we can unpack a couple of those things today for people. Um, you know, obviously, you know, one of the things that we're uh, we're wanting to be super transparent with everybody listening today is Yada and I are doing a full workshop on this topic tomorrow. Right. And um, if this is interesting to anybody listening, you go to hustledetoxlive.com, sign up, it's free, and we're going to walk you through the exact steps that we use to help get people out of the hustle so that they can know what to focus on and really get leverage in their business so that you're, they're not just grinding away all the time. Did you, did you say it's free? I did say that. Well, what, what, like what's gone wrong with you guys? What, what's happening here? Like why, why are we giving such greatness for free? You know, it's, it's uh, it's so interesting that you asked that. And funny enough, like a bunch of people have replied to our emails, you know, that we're sending out promoting this thing. Like, why are you doing this for free? Like, what's the catch? Right. <laughs> we're going to swindle you when you get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm like, I don't, I don't know what people, what people think or expect, but, but I think what it really comes down to is that James and I have had so many conversations. Like we've been, James has been at this game a lot longer than I have, but I, you know, we've been at it together for like six or seven years now. And I literally started at zero. Like I've told you guys the story I've shared with your listeners, the story of me, you know, returning a blender to Costco so that I could put food on the table for my kids the next week. So like I started at ground zero and I've been fortunate enough to build a business over time and slowly and learn marketing and learn business and learn, you know, all of these different things. But the learning curve, let's be honest, is like this, right? Right. It's super, super steep. And because of the experience that James kind of brought to the table, like I've been able to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that a lot of entrepreneurs would naturally fall into. And I've still struggled, right? Like I've still had my days when I've cried and when I've like wanted to give up and when I've been like, this is like 
the worst thing ever. Um, but is that James that you're talking about when you say that or business? Like just James? No, it's me. It's business. It's everything, right? It's an emotional roller coaster and it's not for the faint right. of heart. And so I think when we look back at at least all of the ground that we've covered and all of the people that we've worked with and that we've studied with and that we've invested in and the lessons we've learned and the mistakes that we've made, and we look at the entrepreneurial community, we're just like, you guys, like there is so much going on right now where, you know, people are telling you to hustle and grind your face off. And then there's like the four hour work week people who are just like, I want to work harder on my tan than I want to work on my business. And I'm like, where are the people that are in the middle? The people that are like, I love the business that I've built. I love working on it. And I also want to have like a real life and enjoy the spoils of my business and enjoy the work that I'm doing and enjoy building a team. And so we kind of sat back, sat back and thought like, what's the one thing that we could most help the entrepreneurial community with? Because we feel that that's a community that we're a part of and that has really helped and supported us through the years. And so we were like, let's help people detox from the hustle and like really get their heads on straight so they can grow the businesses that they really wanted. Right. And, and like, I, I just want to throw in, cause like, obviously we've got some regular listeners to the show, but I, you know, we don't always talk about everything that we do. And I just want to say like, from knowing you guys for many years now, like if there's any, if there's ever anyone to listen to for this stuff, it would be you guys. Like I look from the outside in and I know you both like, I, like between the two of you, if we put you together as one collective, you're involved in like many different businesses and ventures. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Let's be fair. You've got a family, children, and you guys like you're like vacationing. You're going places. You're doing fun things with friends. Like and like, I sit back sometimes because I'll be honest, I'm I'm somebody that's still like at the moment I'm trapped in this phase of my business right now. And I look back and I'm like, holy crap, like I have two businesses and I sometimes feel buried and I sit back, I look at you two and you're like, oh, are you going to come to Lake Powell? Are you going to, to Disney? Are you going to do this? I'm like, holy crap, I hope I get a week sometime to do something. So it's yeah. like, I think like if people knew all those things that you guys actually had going on, because on the surface level, like I see you guys, you're like a swan. It's like you just look <laughs> peaceful above the surface. But yet somewhere down there, there's some work going on somehow. I know there is. <laughs> so like, it, I, I, I want to be there. I want to tell you that. I want to be there and learn from you guys. So I hope everybody listening, you need to, what was the link again, James? It's hustledetoxlive.com. We'll, uh, we'll put it up here in a minute. Um, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that... I was aiming it at Yada. I mean, I don't well, like no, you. No, of course. Sorry, Yada, you can accept the compliment. I'll stand yeah. back from that. Yeah, I'd be quite offended if you took any of those compliments towards you. I was looking in a different direction. Though. Well, and, and actually I'm glad you brought that up. And Yada said, you know, there's intended and unintended consequences of making decisions. <laughs> the very first thing I thought about unintended consequences starting this podcast <laughs> was like having to deal with this guy all the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like my, uh, my penance for all of the wrongdoing I've done in my life. You know, that uh, <laughs> as we're packing up our house, I'm pretty sure we have a whole box of just the iceberg effect. Well, you missed it earlier, not to sidetrack off what we're saying, but just before the show, we shipped our 10,000th book. Wow. Congratulations. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, we were going to unpack something, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So, so, here's, so here's a link. If you guys uh, want to check out the workshop that we're doing, hustledetoxlive.com. We'll leave that up there for a minute. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that I wanted to unpack a little bit is, you know, this idea of productivity versus activity a little bit more. Yes. Um. You know, I, I kind of talked a little bit already about the difference between productivity and activity. But I, I, as I look at it, there really are three levels to productivity. 
And you've got to nail these levels in the right order. Otherwise, things are kind of go askew. And the first, the first level is focus. If you're not focused on the right things, it does not matter. I'm going to repeat. It doesn't matter at all how hard you work, how much effort you put in, how much money you spend. If you're not doing the right things, you're not going to get the result that you want. Ugh, and, so uh, and, and so everybody's like, ah, like we just got to do, do, do. I'm like, how long did you figure, how long did you take to figure out, am I actually working on the right things? Right. And, you know, we can talk about how to know whether you're working on the right things. And that's one of the things that we'll get into more in the workshop. Um, but, uh, but I sort of have a funny story to illustrate this. So, uh, so when I go golfing, you know, those of you guys who know me really well will not be surprised at this. Those who don't might be like, oh, James is like this serious guy. Um, I'm not really. In fact, <laughs> most of the time I'm not, which hence <laughs> the name of this show. Okay. Uh, but so I'm out golfing with some friends. There's four of us and we're having a good time. We're on the back nine and one of my buddies gets up. And uh, for those of you guys who are golfers, you know what a dog leg left is, right? It's when the fairway curves to the left. Um, and he gets up on the tee box and he doesn't know which way the fairway goes. And so he asks the rest of us, which is a big mistake on his part, <laughs> knowing the group that he was with. He's like, this isn't hey, a team sport. No, no, it's not a team sport at all. In fact, we are waiting for you to mess up so we could laugh at you. And like that's that's the that's the spirit in which we golf. So he gets up and he's like, oh, is this a dog leg right? Meanwhile, it's a left. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's a dog leg right, 100%. So he lines up right, and he hits his most beautiful drive of the day, like 300, 320 yards, straight as an arrow. The second he makes contact and it's sailing straight as an arrow, the rest of us start laughing. <laughs> and he just looks at us with disgust, and he says, it was a dog leg left, wasn't it? And we're all like, <laughs> yup. <laughs> right? And and so the, the point of that story is it doesn't matter how good your execution is if your focus is in the wrong direction. Ooh, so you can good. have you can have impeccable, perfect, like flawless execution, but if you're focused on the wrong thing, it's not gonna matter, right? So the first level of productivity is focus. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they truly don't know what they should be focusing on. And that's why they're so busy, right? That's yeah. why they just keep doing all these things. They keep just like, all right, well, if as long as I just keep doing stuff, eventually something's going to work. It won't. There's right. no guarantee that that's going to happen. In 100% of the chances, when he lined up right, he was never going to hit it closer to the green. No matter how hard he tried, no matter how many lessons he took, no matter like what he did with his golf swing, if he was focused in the wrong direction, it wasn't going to work. And so that focus is the first level of productivity. Yeah. And, uh, I, th I think like the other thing that we could tail off from that story is like oftentimes focusing on the wrong stuff, it's not only not going to get you where you want to be, more often than not, it can take you further away from where you want to be, right? Also, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I got to add that into my story from now on because I I'm, think it just puts that polish on it. It really does. And and you know, it puts that you have that British touch to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can just take that sound bite and anytime you tell the story, just be like, "Hang on, I need to press play for the rest of this." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. 
So, you know, so the first level is focus. The second level is execution. And once you know what you're supposed to be focusing on, like you have to get it done. Right? You have to you have to do what's necessary to figure out was my focus the right thing. You know, right. and and you know, you're not always going to have perfect execution, but mediocre execution focused on the right thing will always be better than perfect execution focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. And your execution does not have to be perfect, but it has to be directional. It has to be on the right things. And and so that's the second level of productivity is am I executing on the focus that I just decided was the right thing for me to do? So hold on, because I think there's something really interesting here, which I see and I'm sure you see and possibly you see, Dean, is that people will set a focus or a plan, right? Let's call it a plan in this case. And they'll start executing on the plan and then they'll change course mid plan. Yeah. Oh, this isn't working. Oh, I changed my mind. Oh, there's a shiny thing. Like I'm going to go do that now because this isn't getting me the result that I want yesterday or fast enough. And I think one of the brilliant things that you talk about a lot, James, is that like if you set a plan, like execute on that plan so that you can then kind of do an, an autopsy on that and say, okay, this is the plan. This is the, the direction that we chose to go and we executed it to the best of our ability. And this is a result that we got. What do we need to change? Yeah. Absolutely. You have to, yeah. you have to execute on your plan because, because it is easy. It's so tempting. Like I see this uh, a lot and I, re- and I resist this temptation as well. It's like, we've, we've joked about this, right? Dean, when people come on it or like we talk to people and they're like, Oh, paid ads don't work. Right. <laughs> right. Or email, right. Yada. You hear this. Oh, email marketing doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You know, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. You're like, wait a second. If it works all the time over here, but it's not working for you, how are you drawing the conclusion that it doesn't work? Wouldn't it be better to draw the conclusion that there must be a flaw somewhere in my execution? Right? Find that and fix that instead of saying, oh, you know what? There's a cool baby here with some bath water. Let's throw them both out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like you, ha- yeah. you have to execute on the plan. Otherwise, otherwise you have no way of knowing whether the focus was right. Yeah. So true. You- and I tell you, like one of the experiences I've had around this, I, I, like whenever we talk about stuff like this, I always like to, cause I feel like I've made pretty much every mistake over like 15 years. I'm like, I think I've screwed everything up and somehow still ended up here. <laughs> but like talking about this part, you know, something that I can recognize in myself in the past is that, I've put together a plan, but that kind of like makes me feel like, oh, I've achieved something. Like it kind of like, it's almost like the weight is started to lighten because I made a plan and I feel like, yes, like, I feel so good. I've put, like, I still do, sometimes do it now. I'll sit on a Sunday. I'm like, right, I'm going to get clear. So this week I know exactly what I'm doing. So I'll sit on a Sunday. I'll lay it all out. I'm like, okay, at 9am, I'm going to do this at 1030 tomorrow. I'm going to do this. And I put together a plan and it feels so like so good to have got organized and structured that it almost then like I sometimes don't follow through with the execution because I almost feel like I solve my problem by making a plan. Does that, yeah. Is that sound weird or does that make sense? I don't know if that's just me. No, there's there's definitely uh, like a I think a dopamine release. Yeah, that you get from creating your plan, which is which is important. But, right. But like Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. 
Right. <laughs> right. And, and it's that when the plan meets the real world, then you're like, okay, because the plan is a work of fiction. Yes. It's, it's a work of fiction. And world. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a idealistic view of here's how everything is going to go, but it is unable to account for all of the variables that the real world is going to throw at you. So the yeah. only way to have a valid plan is to actually let it meet the real world and see what the real world has to say about your plan and adjust accordingly. Yes. Well, I guess this would this come back to then what you were saying early on? It's like action or productivity. It's like, well, you can make a plan. You've took some action. Doesn't make you productive though, right? It's not yeah, getting it's, stuff done. Exactly. And it's that it's that that iterative loop between focus and execution. Focus and execution. What am I focused on? What am I executing? Is it helping me get closer to my focus? And and you have to continue to review that in order to get to what I call the third level of productivity, which is efficiency. I love how great he is at like bringing it back. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like I, I'd have been going for another hour. I'm somewhere over there right now. I don't know how we're still on track. <laughs> Focus. That's how. <laughs> right. Right. Progress, Dean. It's fine. It's well, fine. and, and I mean, honestly, like this happens to be a, a vast majority of what I think about, and how I use what I use to run my businesses, and what I coach people on. Right. So this is, you know, this is what I what I think about. But the third level is efficiency, and most people, when they think of productivity, this is the level of of productivity that they think about. They're like, oh, it's got to be efficient. Right. So they create all these like systems, these elaborate things like, okay, cool. I, I'm going to check off my boxes 10 times faster. Right. Or I'm going to get this thing done in half the time. Mm. It doesn't matter if, if, if you're doing something efficiently, but it doesn't need to be done at all. It is the single most inefficient thing that you could possibly be doing. Right. Right. And you have to go through the stages in order, focus, execution, efficiency, because until you know what you're executing on, gets you your focus you really don't have any business spending an incredible amount of time creating efficiency around it because it's just going to be thrown out right and and this and this is the trap that a lot of people run into you know they have an idea and they say okay let's let's make software out of this idea you know let's turn this into a software product and you're like wait a second do we even have the model right like how do we know that this is the thing we should be turning into software. And and the other thing that's really important to keep in mind about efficiency is it's not free. Efficiency comes at a cost. And you have to understand, is the cost of that efficiency worth the benefit of that efficiency? And, and these are the things that are very subtle, um, I think, under-discussed in the entrepreneurial community but the things that when you raise them to the surface and you actually start shining a light on them, you can see why it's so blatantly obvious that most people are working twice as much or more than they really need to because they haven't thought through their focus. They haven't made sure their execution lines up with their focus. And then they're just super excited about creating some sort of efficiency that may have never even needed to be created in the first place. Mm. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. And I think, um, 
you know, you've, you've said it a couple times, like people are, you said either people need to create systems or they've gone and created all of these really complex systems or just overkill on systems. But I feel like the word system and process, right. Two of probably your favorite words are words that are really oftentimes scary for entrepreneurs because they, they don't really understand what all, like if you had told me two, three, four years ago, you're going to have to implement systems in your business. I would have been like, oh, well, you were, I remember I having that conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, 100%, I was like, terrified. I was like, I don't understand, like, I don't understand what is, what you mean by a system. And I don't even know what questions to ask to like get clarity on that. Like, all I know is that for me in my mind, I was like, a system means that it runs without me, like something that doesn't need me. But like, I didn't know if we were talking about like a machine or like an assembly line or like, it just sounds so complicated. And, um, and I, I, I think one of the things that we really do want to cover in the, the workshop that we're doing hustle detox live is that it's not as complicated as you think. And it's definitely not scary. And it's actually something that gets you your time back so that you can focus on bigger picture things. Um, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, like I'm in our duo, right. And with James and I, like James is very like left brain logical and I'm very right brain creative. And so when James came in and was like, okay, we need structure for your business and you've got to have like time blocking and you've got to focus on these things. I was like, no, I was like, you're making it not fun. Like my, <laughs> you ruined all the fun, James. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I don't like, I got to, I started my own company so I could have my freedom. Right. And so I didn't want anything that felt constraining. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've now reached a point where I understand that it's because I have those boundaries and because I have those, um, containers that I can be creative within that space, right? Because it still has that clear focus on what I'm trying to create versus just, you know, I, I think I used to use a metaphor that I'd run around the meadow, just like, like dropping seeds everywhere to see like what would happen. And now they're in neat little rows and I can plant any of those as I want, but they have a purpose and they're able to be harvested easily. And, you know, it, it all kind of works. So um, maybe just touch on, if you will, like, a system and like why they're so scary for people and mm. how you can kind of remove some of that fear and just like unknown from it. Yeah. And James, you should just throw that link and keep it up on the screen anyway. Like All right, fine. every yeah. second that you guys talk, I'm like, somebody else needs to go sign up. Yeah. <laughs> I Well, I agree with that. Cause this is, this is a common trap that a lot of people spend way too much time in. So go, uh, so we'll be doing a full workshop on this tomorrow. Uh, hustledetoxlive.com is where you can go and sign up. Um, yeah, and you should do that unless you hate your children. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you don't value your children, then don't sign up. Right. Um, no, I want. I definitely want to hear you talk talk in, into this because I, I think you're right. And I, th- and I guess like this is what you guys probably have to be almost wary of sometimes because it's great that you can still remember that yada, like how you first felt when that concept was introduced to you. Because I bet, you know, there'll become a time where you don't remember the pain that you felt at that time. So I think it's great to keep talking on because I think you're absolutely right. When you when you do hear someone say about implementing systems, it it does sound like, oh, you're going to take away the fun. Like this sounds like it's all going to get very rigid and not so much fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, but actually like the complete opposite is true. So I think it's important to to talk on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I think systems are I think systems are misunderstood. I think they do sound scary. And they boring. seem like they're yeah. Boor- yeah, boring. Yeah, it does sound boring. It does. It does. Yeah. 
And Not to James. Rumor has it he his first word was systems when he was uh, crawling around. Real, real talk. My first word was actually airplane. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah. you had drawn the blueprints to one at the time. Of yeah. course, I was like airplane. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so so I think for me, you know, there's there was a lot of confusion around this. Even though you know I have a background in engineering and I spent a lot of time thinking through this sort of stuff when I had my first marketing agency years ago i was i was patient zero right i was spread super thin i was pulling my hair out and and of anyone who felt like sort of like judgment towards themselves it was me i was like how do i not how am i in this situation right i've you know came out of 10 years in the corporate world uh managing big teams you know across the globe and here i am with a small team that i'm trying to grow grow my business and I'm pulling out my hair. Mm. I'm like, all right, well, I need I need people, right? And so I started trying to just hire anybody that I could, including, right. you know, this Yada was there when I recruited the cashier at a Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> because I needed somebody else on my team, and she seemed smart, and I didn't know what I was doing about hiring. I just watched this happen. Yeah, like I literally held up the checkout line and I recruited this girl, got her phone number, told her I'd call her later, and I poached her from her cashier job. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to question whether this was some sneaky way to hit on another girl while you're together with Yada. I mean, this sounds sounds a bit suspicious to me. Well, it was suspicious. <laughs> it was not only super suspicious; it was also sh- super short lived. Yeah. Um, it didn't work out very well for she or I. And um, but I had I sort of had this revolving door going on and people coming and going and everything. And I was like, Oh my God, like what's the matter? And then I focused all my attention on project management tools and all these other software programs that are, you know, like if you install this thing, your business will be perfect. And I was like, Oh, that sounds great. Let me do that. (laughs) Oh, turns out not really. Right. (laughs) And, um, and I was super frustrated and, uh, you know, reminds me of one of the things that, uh, Tony Robbins likes to say, he's like, the moment you're really frustrated, if you just keep pushing a little bit, that's when a breakthrough happens. And I was like, okay, I'm super frustrated. Where the hell is my breakthrough? <laughs> yeah, I'm right? due this now. I'm yeah, ready. I'm ready for I'm ready. it. Hello. You're like Tony Robbins said. Yeah, Tony, yeah. where are you, man? Are you following it or is this going to really happen? Yeah. And so, um, but the breakthrough did happen when I when I took a step back and I said, what am I really trying to do here? Like I'm trying to create things that work without my direct involvement, right? And, and involvement can mean a variety of things. It can mean I'm super involved or I'm minimally involved, but I need things to happen without me. And it was then that it, it occurred to me, I was thinking about systems in the wrong way. I was thinking about systems as the software tool, or I was thinking about people. But what I ultimately stumbled upon was the fact that systems are a combination of people and processes and tools. There's that other scary word, Dean. Process. Oh, he's throwing them at us today. I know. I know. It's just hang in there, you guys. I feel like there's going to be a pop quiz at the end of this. There's freedom (laughs) on the other side. I promise you. And, um, but we've all been, we all have systems already. When you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth, Yes. That's an unconscious system that you've developed over years. 
the way that, you know, Yada made a post the other day on Instagram or Facebook. She's like, do you do sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? <laughs> and I was just like, what kind of maniac puts their sock and shoe on and leaves the other foot barefoot? Yeah, no one does that, sure. No, but it turns well, out there are. Do that. Really? Yeah. 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 And, well, this and, is where those broken systems come into play, right? <laughs> well, you know what? If it works for you, it works for you. And then uh, and then Isaac joked around. He's like, I do shoe, shoe, sock, sock. And I was, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Um, but But think about it. You have a system for that, right? You're the people. Your process is sock, sock, shoe, shoe. The tool is the sock and the shoe. Right, yeah. you have a process or a system for brushing your teeth. You're the people who's doing the brushing. The process is, however your technique is, the tool is a toothbrush and the toothpaste. Right, we all have systems already, and and it's not scary when you think about. You've been systemizing things your entire life. Yes, but you haven't thought about it like that. And all I'm trying to do is raise your awareness to say, take what you've been doing well already. And now you have a framework for being deliberate about how you do that in your business. And all we're looking at is people. Who's the thing that, who's the person that's going to do it process? What are the steps they follow and what tools do they need to get the job done? And when you create a true system, people process and tools, then you have leverage, you have repeatability. And you cannot grow or scale a business if you don't have repeatability. Well, and this is one of the claims to fame for McDonald's, right? It's like they created systems. Yes. Right. Yeah, very true. I wish I knew the Big Mac song, but like that's the song, right? It's like that's their I problem. I didn't even know there was a Big Mac song. Oh, yeah, there's a Big Mac song. It's like all the things. It tells you like exactly what goes in a Big Mac and in what order. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know it. I wish I knew it. I need to. <laughs> find a Ronald McDonald costume <laughs> and come on the show and sing the Big Mac song. Is that something will, we can make happen? I will pay to watch that happen. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That sounds good. But like, I, I think one of the best, one of the best things that you've said there, like for, to help people like that are listening is, is in the, is, is to for people to actually realize in their day-to-day -day lives, everything you do really is a system to some degree. And I would dare say, because I've thought about this myself at times, you know, one of the one of the examples I used to use with systems is like about baking a cake. So it's got certain ingredients and like, yeah, you can throw them together in any order and you'll get some kind of result at the end. But it, if you don't do it in the right way, it's probably not going to end up the right result. Right. But if you do mix those ingredients in the right way and that's done in the right direction, you get the perfect end result. And I think like if if like one of the things that I always think is like, the better the system that you're using gets, the less you realize it's a system. Yeah. And I think that'll be an interesting thing for people to look at their own lives. Because I've had a little, you know, I guess we all have. How many times have you got down the street and you're driving in your car and all of a sudden you're like, did I lock the door? <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I locked the door. And you did. It's just like you, that, you're that used to doing it. You're like, you pull the door, you put the key in, you turn it a certain direction, you take the key out. It's a system. It's a series of steps, right? But you're used to doing it that efficiently now that you can't remember sometimes when you get down the street. Did I do that or not? Totally. I think if people can connect that together with applying that now to their business, like at the beginning, you do have to like learn the processes and the steps, don't you? You do have to learn these things and it's not easy right away. Like anyone, like I watch my friends teaching their kid how to tie shoelaces 
for the first time. And they've, I, I can't remember the song, but like, they have a little system. It's some like loop and swoop thing or something's going on there. And it's like. He hasn't learned how to tie a shoe yet, so he doesn't know. Well, we yeah, also I mean, he had, was we... teaching me. He was teaching me. <laughs> this is last week. <laughs> and we also had a comment here. Sheena, Sheena evidently knows the Big Mac song. She's like two all beef patties, special sauce. Like, I don't know the tune. This is news to me that there's a Big Mac song. Okay. Yeah, this is news way. to me. But they figured it out. They were like, here it is. And if you guys have watched that movie, The Founder, with, oh, uh, with Michael Keaton, I think, you know, the whole movie's cool. Obviously, he was a super ruthless guy. But remember that scene where they were at the tennis court? They had the whole team out there from the McDonald's, the McDonald's brothers figuring it out. And they're drawing lines on the oh, tennis yeah. court. And the one guy's yeah. up on the ladder, like calling the shots. And they redraw the lines, like, where's everything going to go? They were rehearsing their system. Yes. Right. Those were the people they were building the process and they had the tools. So, so I love that we're talking about this now and like what a system actually is and how we all actually use them in our day to day lives, but we're just unaware of it because what we're really talking about here at the hustle detox live uh, tomorrow is that how do we free up our time as the visionary, as the entrepreneur, as the leader of this team to get those things out of our heads so that we can be supported in our mission and our vision and the impact that we want to create in the world, right? Because this is what happens to us is that we're just like, okay, James, like, yeah, I have a system for how I, you know, onboard my clients. But like, do you know the amount of time it's going to take me to like get that out of my head? Like it's everything from how did I have the phone call to how do they process payments to how do they join our groups or how do they get access to their program? Like it's just so much stuff. Isn't it just faster if I do it myself? It's faster for you to do it yourself if you want to stay at the same level that you're at right now. That's the answer. Yeah. If you're happy where you are, don't create systems. If you want to grow, you have to create systems. Sorry. Yeah, so true. And I guess like, you know, in in setting people up with correct expectations is, yes, look, to step out of your role and to systemize this or hand it over or whatever, like it is going to be more upfront work, isn't it? Like, let's just say it as it is. Like you will have to put in some extra work upfront to never have that problem again. Like, and, yeah. and I think that's the piece that we're often so like, or a lot of people so unwilling to go through because that piece at the beginning has so much pain and frustration attached to it sometimes. But if you can break through that, like I've, you know, I've made no secret, James, of how much you've helped me in, you know, professional capacity over the years. Like I didn't have an office when you and I first met. I didn't have, my team was half the size it is now. Like the idea of even looking to, to bring on board somebody terrified me. And I remember you, you helped me systemize everything from even like recruiting staff to then like building systems to onboard them, to then building systems to train them, to then build systems to have them run and manage things to the point now where it's like, yes, I work hard because I, I love what I'm doing and I'm in this zone right now. But if I step back and do nothing, like that's fine. Like the business still totally runs and operates absolutely fine if I step back. And it's all because of these series of things. And I just want to say from my perspective in terms of anyone listening, like, you have to go to Hustle Talks, de- Hustle, Hustle Detox Live. Like, because, yeah, because, well, I'm just saying it from like, and honestly, like, I know, you know, we always joke, you know, we're co hosts and friends, all this stuff, but you and I, James, worked together, like, probably before we really became great friends. It was more of a professional relationship there. And like, it has changed my entire business. And I, everybody that listens regularly knows how much I despise giving you compliments. So if I'm <laughs> having to do this right now, then you know that I really encourage everyone to go to that event. Like, honestly, like, 
I can say this is why I want to just say that side of things having gone through it is there is some initial pain and there is some initial internal resistance because it is easier to stay comfortable and just carry on as you have been. But but what you've just said is absolutely spot on is like you will not if you don't change, you will not change like nothing will change. And if and if anything, I would actually say based on times where I put off doing this stuff is it won't just not you won't just stay as you are. You will probably get worse. Because what will happen is, and this absolutely happened to me, is the worst thing in the world can eventually happen to you. And that is that you grow to hate the thing that you once loved. Mm. Like you, you grow to hate your business. The thing you started with so much passion, so much drive, so much enthusiasm and love for what you're doing, because you get so wrapped up in staying in that zone, like you learn, you, you grow to hate that business. A wedge becomes between you. And it's actually as hard as it is to face up to, it's your own damn fault because you refuse to change. And I say that from my own perspective of being that person in that seat and like having now, you know, it was like, what, three years ago when, when you, you know, you first advised and helped me, James, like we're three years on now and we're looking at like, well, now I have two companies that I manage somehow, two multi-million dollar companies. I was struggling to manage one when you first helped me. Now we have two and one's actually outgrown the other. And like, I could do less than I ever wanted to if I chose to. And I think that's the great thing for me now is it's not about putting systems in place. So you have to now all of a sudden step back. It gives you the choice Mm -hmm. to step back. It gives you the options. I love, I can't tell you how much I love that you just said that Dean, because that's the exact person that we want to help right? It's not the person that's like, I don't want to work. And I just want to have this like money making machine that's like running without me. Like, no, like we are 100% dedicated to helping people who are building businesses that are focused on helping their customer solve a problem. Right. And so if you have that drive inside of you, like this is for you, because we're teaching you exactly how to focus your efforts on your customer so that you build the, the products and the services that your customer wants. And you build an organization around your customer, right? Like this is a customer centric marketing driven organization. Like it's, it's everything that we love. It's serving people, it's marketing, it's internet marketing, it's selling, like it's all of the things that light most of us up. And we're just saying, let's free your time up so that you can go do more of the thing that you love and make sure that the things that still need to get done are taken care of. And I also kind of wanted to circle back to, um, Sheena left a comment in here that says it's so hard to train someone to do things the way that you need them to. And I'm so glad she brought it up because I was like, there's a dirty little secret in the entrepreneurial community. And that's that most people have no idea how to manage other people. And even if they do, they're very scared of it, right? Because there's this like undercurrent of people pleasing that's going on in the entrepreneurial community. And it's just like, oh, please, 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 will you help me? I'm so busy. I need the help so bad. And then someone comes in and they're not doing the job well because maybe you haven't trained them or maybe they're not qualified to do the job that you've given them. And now you're in an odd situation where you're like, ah, like, I don't want to fire you. I feel kind of bad. I know that maybe I didn't train you. Maybe you're not qualified to do the thing that you do. And now I'm in this situation and I feel Maybe scared. I shouldn't have hired you from Bed Bath & Beyond. but i'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because i know that we've all been in in hiring situations where it's just like oh like i just grabbed somebody with the heartbeat that could help me and now i feel like i'm in hotter water yeah well this you know this is one of the things that we'll get into in in more detail we got like five or six minutes before we got to wrap up the show here but you know hiring the right people Mm -hmm. is part of that right people process tools we have to make sure we have the right people but the the biggest problem that happens is we don't have a clear, we don't have clear expectations 
for what those people are supposed to do for us and how we're going to define success. Mm. And the way that I look at it is, um, uh, you know, those, uh, the video game Tetris, Yada actually, just fun fact, Yada beat the game of Tetris once. I didn't even know that's possible. But, <laughs> no um, but the little bricks are falling from the sky, right? And you've got to place them in the right spot. So the question is, which Tetris block is the best one? And it's sort of a trick question because it depends on what spot you're trying to fill. Right. Right? And and we've got to think about hiring people in that same way. If we don't clearly define the spot that we're trying to fill, it's going to be nearly impossible to get the right person to fit into that spot. Yeah. Right? And then we're going to have like, oh, I thought I was going to get the, like, I need the squiggly piece and I turn out I need the square block. Right? And so the very first thing that a lot of us do incorrectly is not really defining the need. We try yeah. to jam a squiggly piece into a square. Yeah, we're like, get in there, right? Like square peg in a round hole. Like every single entrepreneur I know has a driving force to them. And we use that force to try and squish people in to places where they don't belong. Right. And, and so, yes, there are challenges to train people to do what you need them to do. But it's much, much, much easier when you're clear on what you actually need done, when you need it done by and all of these other things. So we'll we'll get into that more tomorrow. But um, one thing you've got to believe to be true is if other people can hire and manage people in their business, so can you. What one man can do, another man can what do. One man can do, another can do. And I'll, I'll tell that whole story tomorrow because <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories of all time. But truly, what one person can do, another can do. It's not rocket science here. It's yeah. it's following a proven process to make things work better. And the only reason that it's been hard so far is because you haven't had that process to follow. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, so we're going to start getting uh, nasty messages from our producer in probably 30 seconds or less would be my guess telling us that we have two to three minutes. So but I just want to so much awesomeness to share. Well, that, I know this. Well, this is why we're doing the workshop tomorrow. So we can really help, you know, get into the meat and potatoes. We've got a workbook that brings you step by step through this. But the first thing is you're going to get a bird's eye view of your business so that you know what you should be focusing on, right? What is that focus? Then you'll be able to identify who's needs to do what. Is it you? Is it somebody else that you have already? Is it somebody else that you need to get? And if you do need to get them, we'll show you how to bring those people on, how to find them and make sure they're going to be set up for success from the beginning so that you walk away with a customized step-by-step -step action plan. And uh, it's all designed to get you out of the hustle, help you think like a CEO so that you can work on your business, not in your business, which is something so many people say it's become cliche, but nobody tells you how to do it. Tomorrow, we're going to show you exactly how to do it. So join us. Uh, go register at Hustle Detox Live.com. Yada and I are fired up to be there. Dean, uh, we'd love to have you there as well. Um, to balance uh, balance out all the American going on here. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, who wouldn't want to look at your beard during the workshop? Yeah. Yeah, this is true. This is true. It's a, it's a great beard. But like, in it, like, I can't emphasize enough to like, I think this is one of those things that the right people know that they need to be there. Like, because they're already yeah. feeling it. Yeah. Like, you, you already know. Like, if you're already questioning, like, oh, like, you already got a bit of a thing inside you where it's like you feel like you're, you're having to work too hard. 
You feel like things are a bit crazy. You feel like the steps you've got to take and you kind of like you've listened to this show and you're kind of like, oh, this stuff sounds like the sort of stuff. Like if you're already thinking, maybe I guarantee you do. Yeah. Like that's been my experience anyway. So like, I mean, I thought you guys were going to be selling like $500 tickets. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you kind stunned. of disappointed. All right. Well, anyway, we'd love to see you there. Hustledetoxlive.com. This works for six, seven, and even eight figure business owners. This process, it's tried and true internally. Like I've worked one-on-one with hundreds of companies on this. I've taught this to thousands of people. You guys should be there if you want to grow your business without having to sacrifice your life, your time, your health, and your relationships. Thank you, Yada, for being here with us today. Thank you to my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, for showing up with a fabulous beard with two people living inside of it. This is James P. Friel signing off with another episode of Just Tips. We will talk with you guys later. See you, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.